Forbes magazine calls him one of the most listened to recording artists of our time, with more than 3 billion streams and 11 number one albums on top Billboard charts. This is All Heart with Paul Cardall. Welcome to season five of All Heart. I'm your host, Paul Cardall. If you're tuning in for the first time, this podcast is an opportunity to hear from people I admire mainly because of the gifts God has blessed them with and how they're using these gifts to make the world a better place. We get to the heart of why they do what they do in hopes of inspiring and encouraging you to fine-tune the gifts God has also given you. Cause you took my scars, bruises and today. He is a member of Hillsong United, one of the most successful music groups in the world. Benjamin was born in Belfast, so he is an Irishman, singer, songwriter, but when he was in Sydney in his 20s, he met Jessa. They dated about six months before getting married. They tried writing together, he says, but it just didn't work very well. She's a published author. You can look for Jessa Hastings' books. And uh, so she's an author, and Benjamin's a touring musician who has written some of the most popular songs for Hillsong, but now he has a solo record. And years ago, there was another Irishman, Damien Rice, who wrote this heart-wrenching beautiful album and then a follow-up album about these complexities in relationships the blower's and benjamin's new solo record benjamin william hastings is kind of a reflection for me on that record only this is about the complexity and anxiety and frustrations of having a relationship with God. And I don't say that in a negative way. I say that in the sense that we all have unbelief, and we tend to fight that unbelief. And for many of us that have the gift of faith, we cannot escape the love of God. It seems to chase us down. I miss you more than once to hurry up the place. So Benjamin is on that list of people I just greatly admire, and I know that you're going to fall in love with him and the work that he is doing. This is All Heart with Paul Cardall. Hello. Hello, brother. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. So in this, and I'm already recording, but there's usually kind of a little lag, Zoom. If this, I want to flow it like a conversation, but if it tends to like, you know, sounds like I'm cutting you off, I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then I have a kind of a whispery voice. Um, my audience knows that's from heart surgery a long time ago. They have to clip your vocal cord to get into the heart oh, on kids with congenital heart disease. And I think there's a member of of your group that has a son with CHD. 
Uh, yeah, it would be um, Mikey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy time. My, my son has a, oh, sorry. My, yeah, my son has a heart condition as well, like a SVT. So it's not, it's not as serious. But yeah, he would, his heart will constantly kind of go, not constantly. We've been lucky enough that it hasn't happened very much recently, but it'll kind of start going in double time. Yeah, medicine for that. And eventually he'll need like a surgery. If you're in LA, they have the best hospitals and, yeah. you know, it's amazing now what they can do. So um, I'm, living yeah, with, I'm living with another man's heart. So they transfer yeah, wow. somebody else's. God says, change your heart. So, you know, I guess I had to. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, look, man, I'm, I'm excited to talk about your record. You know, we could talk about Hillsong a little bit, but um, this album, man, um, honestly, kind of to set it up for listeners, for me personally, as someone who loves music, who's been in the business a long time. There's a record a long time ago by another Irish guy, Damien Rice, about yeah. the complexity of relationships. And yeah. you seem to capture the complexity of the relationship and wrestle with God in this record, wow. which is just mind-blowing. <laughs> that, that means a lot. I love Damien Rice. So, um, yeah, that's a, high, that's a high compliment. And I guess that's a good way to articulate it. I think that's what I was trying to do is, um, yeah, articulate the wrestle and the and as transparently as I could um, almost document what I felt like I was going through with God in the hope that other people would hear it and maybe feel a little bit less alone or crazy or, um, but yeah, it was, it's almost like, I mean, I'd hit, say it sounds a bit naff, but like, it's a bit like diary entries of course, over the course of like three or four years. Yeah. Um, and that's why there's so many songs as well, I think. Well, I want to, I want to get into some of those songs. Um, yeah. Cause you know, you start the record with hold on to your hats. I'm about to <laughs> reveal yeah. some things and, yeah. um, you know, a lot of the members, a lot of your colleagues have, released solo records yeah. people know there's been some controversy behind hillsong and i saw you guys perform in vegas with chris tomlin and i've said to people look yeah. whatever controversy there is these guys are on fire they do it every night yeah. i don't know how they do it every night but god sustains <laughs> them and they inspire people and you can see i guess you can kind of discern the bull crap from who's really yeah. trying and you guys, sure. you know, kudos to you guys, man. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's been a, um, a weird, hard year to say the least. Um, and yeah, we didn't even know if we were going to, I mean, Joel probably said that on that night. It's like, we didn't even know if we were really going to go ahead with the tour, but it was like, well, what else are we going to do? Like the, if not kind of just get back to worshiping and, you know, yeah. um, pursuing God. And I think a lot of the, um, there's a song on my record, the cathedrals of the Nelder Grove, where I kind of unpack a lot of what I was, um, uh, <laughs> I kind of flesh out a lot of my thoughts over the, over everything that's happened and kind of use that as a bit of therapy. And I think we all did that in our own, in our own ways and unpacking stuff together and, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really glad. Honestly, we did that first night in, um, San Diego 
I don't know what any of us were expecting. I think off the back of such a weird time, we were like, well, should we even be doing this? Like, is this the right thing to do? Whatever. And we got up and we did that first night. And it just was like such a confirmation that we were in the right place. Like, it just was amazing. Getting like back with people, worshipping. Um, Tomlin was amazing and his whole team and like just, yeah. So the whole, it, it just instantly was like, oh, yeah, no, this is this is what we're meant to be doing. Like, this is this is this should be our response and yeah and it was an amazing tour we finally we just finished it in uh like a week ago which is crazy that went a while it was about a year yeah it did. You used to that yeah i think i'm probably too used to it like the the rhythm and the, the going away but i i don't love that i hit the um the bit i hate about it is the way the routines change like you know so if i'm home i have a certain routine and then I'll get away and then it's an entirely different routine and you can fall into those routines, but trying to keep them all like, try, well, firstly trying to keep any consistency is really hard because all these different sort of versions of my life are so different. So like tomorrow I go to Nashville for like a, it's a really busy day. And then the next day I've got a thing in Atlanta. So it's like trying to have a morning routine, for example, in the middle of all that is just really difficult. And I find that I get kind of, it's hard to stay on track, like health wise. Um, even things like going to the gym, like fitting that in when you're not, when you don't have a routine. Does that make sense? It's really, I find that so challenging. I don't think most people know or realize the uh, complexity of the music life for, for musicians who are touring and have those responsibilities. We've watched all the behind the music where it's the crash and burn. And a lot of musicians like, you know, Elvis, they, they get on these, these, they have to get on prescription pills of some kind in order to sustain that life. But I mean, you know, I just know a lot of Christian artists like yourself who are not doing any of that stuff. And it's almost, it's almost harder. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely is like, um, it's definitely, it is definitely hard. And it, and I don't mean that in a complaining way. Like I feel so grateful for the life I have and to get to do everything that I get to do. Like I, yeah, I feel so blessed and lucky. Um, but it's a, it's definitely a unique, it's a unique weird challenge being away from home so much, being away from the kids, like, and then yeah, just the, even just the toll it takes on your body, just traveling all the time. Like I, last night, I, I woke up feeling so slow this morning because I feel like I had my first good sleep in like months last night and you know when you have a good sleep it almost makes you more tired like you wake up like <laughs> your body's like give me more oh, yeah <laughs> my wife my wife has got me this it's like an aura ring it tracks all your sleep so like i know yeah, right. i know if i'm getting the deep if i'm getting the rem if i don't get the rem my brain's not like <laughs> anyways we could get into all that stuff oh, yeah. Uh, yeah the complexities of of kind of the the gypsy lifestyle of touring and yeah. and being the minstrels in the kingdom of god um <laughs> yeah but man your record uh yeah you said you're talking about the cathedrals which uh one of your songs you start out i'm, I'm just trying to make a record 40 texts and nine missed calls they strip the paint from our cathedral found concrete cancer in the walls like there's so many of these type of lyrics that you have thread through everything to the point where like you know even on the jesus i know i i went to a a men's retreat a leadership retreat there were a lot of artists there that lead these big worship we were all invited to just you know our cup is empty we need to get our cup filled and um 
we were talking about this song that you wrote, which was <laughs> it's really cool. Ever feel misunderstood? And and the lyric goes, and sometimes the Jesus I see seems so far from the Jesus I know. And just like these people I blame, have I made something I'm not? Because I live off the good of your name. Because I live off the good of your name. And in some ways I profit the cross. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's yeah. talk about that for a minute. You even mentioned, you know, uh, merch in the song. Yeah, I know. <laughs> What's funny about that song is I was in the way to, um, I was in Nashville. I was writing for my record and kind of just whatever came, but I was kind of trying to focus on writing for my record. And um, I was on the way to a session in the Uber and that title kind of dropped in my head, the Jesus I know. And in my mind, my first response is like, Oh wow, that'd be a really good, like um, radio, like radio song. Like as in that title, like I was like, Oh yeah, that's like kind of got all the, all the makings of something kind of like, <laughs> uh, and then as we went to flesh it out, I was like, Oh, this is a very different song than the one <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be. And, um, in it, there's almost like three characters that I'm talking to. Um, there's the character in the first verse. There's the character in the second verse, which is me, and then a different character in the third verse. And it's um, kind of challenging these different aspects of, of uh, not Christianity, but the church, I guess, that I struggled with, especially through COVID. Like you'd see just different people acting in different ways to different things. And it's me kind of... Uh, putting my thoughts out there on some of that. And it definitely was, um, I think when we were writing it, I didn't even know what I was going to do with it. It was just like, I need to kind of get this off my chest. And then eventually, and then we kind of accidentally recorded the version of it. Cause we were doing acoustic videos for other stuff. And while we were there, I was like, Oh, let me just grab a, let me just grab a recording of this song. I just wrote it like the day before the, um, yeah, I guess the the flow of the song to me is I started off kind of wrestling with the discrepancies you maybe see between how Christians respond to people and then how Jesus responded to people. Um, and that's really what that first verse is all about. The second verse is like me saying like, well, I'm not going to be so arrogant as to think I know who Jesus is and I have the right to point finger at you because that's doing the exact same thing that like the thing that I'm accusing you of to those people, I'm not doing to you. So like, <laughs> let's acknowledge that. And, um, and yeah, wrestling with the weirdness of uh, ministry and like money, I guess, like the, the, the weird uh, tension of that. And the, and the point of it, I don't even think that it's like, like I still sell merch. So it's more just, it's more outing the tension, if that makes sense. Just being like, if, I think if you're not feeling any tension around some of this, there's probably something wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think the the debate here is: should Christians be selling things for money to promote Jesus? Because so often we look at it like a prosperity gospel, you know. Um, and I think there's yeah. a between prosperity gospel where oh yeah if you do this and this and this god's gonna help you have a beautiful house and it could be a nice house or you could have a fancy car 
you know, which gets into kind of like the multi-level marketing of Christianity, you know, <laughs> versus these artists who really are sincere and that we struggle with, we want to give, we want to give, we want to share. Yeah. Yeah, we need yeah. to make a living. Yeah. Jesus sends out disciples with basically saying, hey, look, uh, don't take anything with you and you got to be creative yeah. of how you earn. Yeah. He didn't really say like, okay, um, don't sell merch. He's like, just go figure yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah, completely. You know, and he, he of course was yeah. always like, I'm eating, we're having a dinner tonight. Well, where's it at? Well, it's at your house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the complexity of, of feeling guilty about selling product. Yeah. Jesus. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it is strange. Well, especially because the, I think I think the bit that I think is not okay is when you. Um, I've thought about this a lot. It's not necessarily the the um, the thing itself because I don't think the um, I don't know for sure, but I don't think like the merch, for example, is inherently wrong or a bad idea. I think it's when you over. Um, I think it's when you're lying essentially when you're over spiritualize something that is actually for it when you have a different intent than the one that you're propagating. And I think that happens a little bit where we are like, Oh no, this is going to like really change your life. This is like, this is the thing that you need when really it's like your motive or you see, I, I don't even, you know what I'm trying to say? It's yeah. like the, the motive is maybe actually not that the motive is no, you're trying to like make money. So I think if it's just like, Hey, I'm selling this thing because I need to make money. And it also has this, hopeful message attached to it or if if you enjoyed my music maybe you'd like this hoodie whatever it is i think that's i think that's good i think that's fine it's more yeah. when you're like you dress something up as spiritual when it's like uh um when it's selfish is the wrong word but yeah you can i think you see what i'm getting at and i think at least to to acknowledge the wrestle because i think people can um bury the they bury it or they dress it so much in spirituality that it so they don't even have to deal with it um yeah and that was annoying like the or at least i was feeling the tension of it so i was just like i'm just gonna say this and well <laughs> song to really actually admit what so many of us feel is that guilt in um mm -hmm. selling g selling but you know look and i think you agree with me that everybody else is promoting something else um that yeah. steals the atonement away you know they're selling yeah. some other type of solution temporary solution right. the only yeah. real solution to your problems is surrender you know <laughs> and, and and that yeah. leads to this other song where you're talking about it feels like a blessing it feels like a blessing falling on me you talk about anxiety and the unbelief and yet the idea you can't escape God because you basically are saying even in your doubt and all this stuff as you're moving forward on these different paths the blessings yeah. follow you um I think that and it's even like the a lot of that was written from the even the blessing that you find in the in the the in the cursing is the wrong word but like kind of like i I curse the rain, but only now the flood has done its thing. It feels like a blessing, like the or the J Jonah and the whale. Like all those metaphors are kind of in there. It's once the 
it's like at the time you're like, why is this happening? I hate this. Like this sucks. And then it's when you look back on it, you're like, oh, that actually probably was. And maybe I would have done it differently or maybe I didn't enjoy that, but I can see how God used it at the very least. And so it's kind of me trying to find the blessing in, in everything that, that song. And that you could kind of hear that at the end, like, um, with love and pain have their place in the heart. So don't curse at the light while you learn from the dark. And I think that to me was a big, um, I guess that's one of the big sort of overarching narratives within the, within the album. Cause I find myself in sort of those seasons getting cynical, getting like bitter and like angry at God or angry at the church or angry at people, like just funneling my anger in these places while I'm having this like sort of existential unraveling. And, um, and it was trying to f- like fight for the, the light, like the beauty in, in things because, and that's really what that song is my attempt at doing. I'm just kind of speaking to myself being like, <laughs> get, yeah. your, get, like get your heart back on the, on the good. Cause you see, especially during the last few years, you saw so many people kind of the momentum of everything stopped. The world kind of shut down. You had a moment to reflect and people looked at their lives and they were like, Oh, I actually don't like the way this is going. I'm going to change things, which is I think really positive and great. I think in the middle of all that people realized things they didn't like about their churches or things that, that actually hurt them when they sat down to think about them and all these things. And I think when that happens, you're kind of removing these fundamental pillars from your, from your life, which can throw you into some kind of chaos, which is what had happened to me. Like I descended into, into some version of like chaos. I didn't really have the same things grinding me and I didn't know what I thought. And in that place, like I've heard a lot of philosophers refer to that as hell. Like when you're, when you, when the thin veil of ice that you were standing on cracks, yeah. then all of a sudden you're in, you're in that existential chaos. Um, it's really easy in that place to get bitter and resentful and hit, hit all these things around you as opposed to trying to rebuild and figure out, okay, well, what was the good that brought me this far and where could the good be moving forward? Does that make sense? And I, yeah. and I think a lot of my motivation for this record, well, well, a lot of it was just for me trying to wrestle through it. Is my hope is people that are, you know, on the fringes in that kind of place that have, that are in some version of their own chaos in regards to these things. They they fight for the the good, the light, the the thing that's positive because they're because that's where you can move forward from. I think if you don't, you end up in this. Kierkegaard calls it like a night of resignation. Like you just you you've resigned to the, to the darkness as opposed to fighting for the light. And I don't mean darkness in this, like kind of like, I don't mean that in like a Harry Potter sense. I more mean it in like a, um, I think like, as opposed to put like purpose in your life and, yeah. and moving towards something good and meaningful and something that's going to help the world and, and then ultimately help yourself. It's this weird concept of there's, you know, there's opposition in all things. Uh, do you pursue down this path of curiosity you know, that you're, mm. that you're drawn to, you know, it's kind of like, and you know, which kind of leads into this other song, Dancing With My Shadow. We're not going to go through all the album because oh, yeah. you got like 25 on there, which is a blessing to yeah. everybody that you got so much. But <laughs> dancing With My Shadow. There's kind of two of us. There's two of right. us. Yeah. 
you know, and some people go, oh, well, you got the flesh and the spirit and they're battling. The spirit needs to master the flesh. You know, Jesus calls it, you know, two masters. Um, yeah. You serve. There's yeah. an old Indian tale about, you know, dad. Uh, I feel like there's a wolf, two wolves inside of me. One wants me to do this and one wants me to do this. And, yeah. and, and he says, which one of these is going to win? And the father says, whichever one you feed. Yeah. Uh, so you're kind of talking about this, that the greatest battle we ever fight will be against ourselves. It's, um, yeah, this, this was like, this one I've been working on for years and years. And, um, it's, it's, t- it took a few forms. Originally it was like a ballad, like a, but it just felt too depressing to, <laughs> the, the concepts were too heavy to put to a ballad. So I was like, I needed like, I need to almost like masquerade the, the, how depressing this concept is while with some like upbeat music and saxophones. Uh, yeah. It's an, I think it's a really interesting, um, thing that i've that i find is i actually got the initial concept from joel who when he was kind of talking to a like a friend of his like a wise sort of almost like therapist kind of guy he um he kind of unpacked this with him he was like you're not like you're not crazy you're just like dancing with your shadow and because he was kind of having a similar reckoning to the one i had just a couple of years before and and so we would spend a lot of time talking about this and kind of unpacking it. And when I find myself in this season, that just rang so true to me. Like, I'm so I'm really grateful for that sort of even thought off the top because it meant going into it, I was like, I had a, I had that kind of revelation almost as a head start. And um, it really, for me, it came to head when we were in, um, we were in South America doing this amazing tour. It was my first time with United in South America. And the, like these massive, like outdoor, I don't even know what you call them, like fields, I guess. It was like 30,000 people. They're all like passionately singing. They're so pumped. Like it was amazing. And yet I was having all of these sort of like doubts and like complications in my head. Like I was really wrestling with God and about a lot of stuff, but really just like I wasn't feeling, uh, Oh, well, I wasn't feeling good, but I wasn't feeling like um stable or like I really, you know, there's there's seasons where you're like, oh, I know who God is, and I feel this, I I feel enough certainty that I'm like, I have confidence. Yeah. It almost was the opposite. Of that. I felt very shaky, and I felt like I was really in in the um exercising my faith, if you will, and um and so. I'm doing this. I'm like, we're doing these, these nights and worshiping with these people. And I just felt this sense of like imposter syndrome. Like if they knew what was going on in my head right now, they wouldn't want me to be the one doing this. Yeah. And it really messed, it really messed with me. And so a lot of this song came out of that, like the, there's that line of the chorus. I'm out here, uh, singing to the bright lights with all this darkness in my head. Um, come watch me dancing with my shadow, but I can't like, I, can't dance which is essentially me saying like so like i'm exposing like the i'm not very good at this whole living to it's not two lives because i wasn't doing anything crazy like but just the i'm not good at this hiding yeah hiding myself i'm just gonna tell you um yeah it was a strange that was a whole it was a strange feeling a strange time it's still a tension that i definitely face and have i feel like not as much as i did in that season. And the, the thing that I thought interesting, once you start thinking about light and darkness is these sort of, uh, 
there's these sort of realities of it that I think we we've taken some of the metaphors in Christianity and used them for good, like the the like light. Our darkness cannot exist where light is, which is true. But the sh- the brighter you shine a light on a person, the bigger the shadow that falls behind them. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting metaphor for. Um, I think the tension of what a lot of people feel, or even like pastors that put themselves in these prominent positions where and maybe they're going after the, the not the best side of that. It's like with the light comes like this, this big shadow that you've got to now try and reconcile or hide or live with. Just be like, Hey, look, here's my, sh- here's my shadow. Right. Right. There's this, it's a huge weight, particularly, yeah, I mean, that was one of the questions that you just answered that I had about, mm. you know, how do you go out on stage amidst your doubt, you know, when you're walking through the Valley of Nineveh and you don't want to go through Nineveh, yeah. you know, I, I keep behind me this, I have a Chinese moth yeah. and um, there's this weird thing about moths. They, they, they understand darkness, but they are obsessed with light, Right, kind of go in and out. You know, yeah. not all of us are butterflies. Yeah, right. <laughs> beautiful. There's so many of us that in order to pull out the light, we do have to know the darkness. It's like Moses encountering the devil. Yeah. Even Jesus in the wilderness encountering the devil. You can't really know God without knowing the devil. I mean, sure. hey, you have to know that darkness. Um, yeah, man. So you just... Gosh, you just captured it. Oh, thank you. So freaking good. Oh, Eden's tree, joys within their hands, as the serpent whispered from beneath. Uh, I have a daughter named Eden. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. when you're asking, you know, you're on the recording, you're asking your kids, you know, what do you know about Eden? Hey, Daddy. Tell me, what do you know about Eden? Eden. They're like, who's Eden? You can tell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to shamelessly plug right now. She just released her first single. Oh, amazing. Uh, she's pretty cool. She's a Paramore fan, so that'll tell you. Uh, I love Paramore. And then you kind of go into this, the, 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 the statements of reassurance, you know, with not even once and giveth and yeah. Then you dive back in to, you know, with the Jesus I know. And the, the other song that really points out is Homeward. Well, I know that I am never alone. Oh, 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 oh. Mm. Even though you're through this, this valley of Nineveh and this wrestle and you're going on stage in these moments, you're renewing. Yeah. With this song, it sounds like you're renewing your covenant with God in spite of how you feel to follow. Yeah. How many of us are willing to take what we've experienced? Or Like my mom always says, remember, remember, remember how you mm. felt. Remember the miracles. Because when you're not feeling it. Yeah. You know, how yeah, do you feel so far? So how do you find that strength to just honor that covenant that you made? Yeah, I mean that's a good with the with the I think you raise a really good point about the the songs because I I wanted it to 
I had a I had a temptation to make it like um two records and one was like the the this is what I was going through and this is where I am now. And then I had this temptation to make the record flow a bit more like we start somewhere and then we end up somewhere else. Um but I just don't know how realistic that is. Like I think life is a lot more you're in and you're out of like and yeah, you maybe have these overarching seasons where you're like, oh, you look back and that was a really good time. And this was kind of a really bad time. But it's probably more like that. And then these, there's these highs and these lows, and they're kind of all just happening up against each other, which is why I ended up doing the songs. Yeah, like you think we're good in like Homeward, and then, oh no, we're back to the Jesus I know. It's like, <laughs> it's like the, the journey is very up and down. But yeah, with, with it, there's, there's kind of, I, I see it as there's these different kinds of, there's a lot of the songs that kind of are wrestling and saying a similar thing, but from these different perspectives. So like Homeward and Faith is to me are the same song on different days, if that makes sense. Whereas like Homeward is like, I don't know about this, but I'm going to trust you. and I'm going to really trust you. And Faith is is like, I don't know about this, but like, I guess I'm going to trust. It's like, they're, uh, they're kind of these different sides of the same coin and they land in similar places, but they get there very different ways. And, um, and yeah, I think I've never been able to escape. I think since I've really experienced God, um, I've never been able to get away with, uh, I've never, I guess I've never been able to let myself just let it go. Like, I feel like I've had these sort of wrestles multiple times in serious ways. So like you call them existential crises. And throughout all of them, I just had this underlying sense or faith, I guess, or belief that like, no, God is real. God's been really good to me, actually. I can see that in my life, like these these moments. There's And there's enough sort of things that I, I don't feel like I can reconcile without him, like these little pivotal moments in my life. And um, and so there must be something to that. And so the the framework that I have for him is not working anymore. Like this, the I built him a house and he no longer fits in it. Mm-hmm. So I've got to figure out, okay, well, and then that, that makes you ask questions because you start, you question like, well, did he ever live in the house? Like, did he ever fit the house? Is, have I got the right person in the house? Like, but I think it's, I think, so then you start to kind of rebuild the house. And in all of it, I've realized, okay, no, it wasn't the, it wasn't the resident. It was like, I have God living in a bad house and I need to, I need to make some changes, extend it a little bit and probably break down a few walls. And, um, and so for me in the process of that, that's kind of where I was able to reconcile it. It was almost like, I can't, I can't, I can't give up on this. Um, but I can't live like I'm currently living. Like I can't in the sense that this, this, un, this lack of knowing this, like this kind of tension every day is just too much. It's plaguing me. Like it's, you know, especially also being like doing what I do. Like, so like, like that's a whole other level of, I think if I was like a doctor, I could probably like wrestle this like over a long, longer period of time and be like, okay, I'm figuring out who God is, but having to get up and like, I guess, propagate him yeah. like on a regular basis. It's like, you need to have some, I can't do that insincerely. Um, and anytime I try to, it is really bad for the soul. Like you feel, it does not feel good. And no. so, um, oh, it does. yeah. 
It's so not- I think I was I had to figure it out. I had to figure out who is God to the best of my ability. I still haven't figured that out, which is kind of the third verse in Jesus I know, which is like I'm never going to figure this out anyway. <laughs> That's the Jesus I know. You have that line that says, um, and and when when I heard this, it resonated so much. It was, uh, what if where you want me is exactly where I am. Mm. Like, that is so profound because so often we feel, and I think this is a lot, that we are not on this covenant path that we've been told over and over again we need to be on. And it goes to the, you know, the Robert Frost poem of All Roads, you know, road. They all lead home, but I took the one less traveled by. And I think yeah. a lot of creatives we go down these unique paths kind of into the wild west where we have to really see things from we're we're visionaries we have to see things from the grand and god has to stretch us in a way that it's uncomfortable yeah yet there's so much beauty in what then comes through it and so it's all you know it's like this customized curriculum that god has for each yeah. one of us where we are yeah. and what we're trying to accomplish. So dude, I, I'm just encouraged by you and your renewal. And I think it, Jesus said 70 times 70. So it's going to happen a lot. Yeah. I, I like the flow of the album where you go from the highs to the lows. That's reality. Yeah. Yeah. It is unfortunate. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's the unfortunate reality of. But I, I think on the flip, the humanity that you find, like the, I think there's something really beautiful about being human, and that we can experience. Like, the, it's because we can experience the lowest of lows that we can also experience the highest of highs. There's something really beautiful about that. The way that we can appreciate um, things if we let ourselves because we are able to experience the full spectrum of emotion and um yeah so i think that is also the upside i guess is that the highs the highs are great everybody uh make sure you listen to benjamin's album it is uh, i mean i think it's i think it's a monumental record because it's so honest and so needed uh few christian based records really tackle reality and you've done that um one last thing i want to ask though is when when did you when did you first really discover the gift of music and know um that it would kind of shape your destiny because so many people are trying to figure out the gifts god has given them and you know the impatience of what do i do with it and how do i make it work yeah okay so i grew up in ireland around a very musical family. We were in the Salvation Army. My dad was involved. He's always written songs. Um, he's like one of their, kind of one of their main writers for like the choruses and stuff. He still does that. So um, I definitely grew up around songwriting, just thinking that was kind of a normal thing he did. So when I was like 12, I just started doing it. Um, and so I'm really grateful for that. And also just, we were around music. So like he would play in the, he played tuba in the band. My mom conducted the children's choir. My dad took like the, the adult choir. Um, and I, they had me playing trumpet, which I was terrible at, like from like a really young age. And I would just sit on the third row and mime 
Um, but I actually, growing up, thought I was going to do. I always loved music and was always. It was almost like a side, like a side passion. And I really thought I was going to play rugby. So I was like really, um, <laughs> like I loved rugby. I was really passionate about it. I went to like a big rugby school, and um, that was kind of the trajectory of my life. And then in the last couple of years of high school, I got injured i kept tearing my hamstrings like but consecutively so like a hamstring tear shouldn't end your career but i just couldn't not like it'd be like i come back for a couple of games and then it would tear again and then i come back and then the other one would tear it just was a disaster and so in the middle of all that i kind of was like i kind of had to give up on well not full, I yeah i kind of threw myself into music as a way of almost dealing with this like dream that I had that wasn't going to work out and in that really kind of find myself and so I from there was in bands I was doing like worship team and stuff and um and I would busk so I would go I'd really made my money in I left school I knew I wasn't ready to go to university um and so I was trying to figure out what to do so I taught singing in like a in a music school and I the rest so that made me just enough money to pay rent and then i busked do you know what that is like so you know in ireland you see people like glenn hansard like so you just go out there in the streets with a guitar kiss Once and you sing musical yeah it's amazing it's incredible so i did that i just would if i needed yeah so that was how i paid for food wow. and like electricity or whatever and then I can't, um, yeah, sorry, to interrupt, sorry to interrupt, but I can't even imagine walking a street and hearing you do that. I'd go back in there, go get in the time machine. Because <laughs> there's nothing like seeing somebody who's really good play on a street. <laughs> it was super, um, it was super, it was super fun. And also kind of like, it, um, it's really tight. Like it's crazy tiring. Because I would normally do like four hour kind of shifts. Um but in the cold in Ireland and by like the fourth hour, your voice is going, it's like, it was brutal, but it was a good way to make, um, it was a good way to make money. And it was, it was fun. And honestly, I feel like I learned, um, I learned a lot from that experience. Like, I feel like I learned how to worship lead from busking because the skills are kind of like similar in that, like you're trying to draw people's attention, not in worship, then you point them somewhere else with busking. I'm just trying to point them towards my, kiss to give me money but <laughs> the skills of like um you've got like five seconds to grab someone's attention so it's like how are you going to do that and how are you going to um it was uh it was i'm really grateful actually for that for that time even just performance in general i feel like i learned how to perform in doing that um i have this funny story actually of um one time i did it on grafton street which is where once that's where all that is filmed and i saw this video this week of dermot kennedy if you know that he's like an irish um he was singing off a balcony at grafton street and it's full of people look sick um but i drove down there and i took the bus actually and so i took the bus down to dublin set up on grafton street and it was a it was a good space to be because you always made a little it was so busy you made a bit more money but there also was more competition because like the best of kind of ireland would kind of it's like broadway street yeah yeah it really is and um and so everyone's out there with their instruments and you try to be far enough apart that you're not spoiling each other's sound and anyway i set up and as i did it's probably like an hour into it it started raining like really bad like proper pouring and and so all of a sudden everyone dives into the 
into the shop fronts, like the under, the underhanging, like whatever the, the awnings, trying to escape yeah. from the rain. And I realized, I was like, oh, I have like a captive, I've got probably got like 150 people here. Like I've got like a proper captive audience while this rain is pouring. So I was like, all right, I need to do something really, like really impactful. So I was like, oh, it's raining. I'm going to do Umbrella. So I started singing Rihanna, you know, when the sun shines, we'll shine together. And I had this picture in my mind, like it was a musical, the whole of Grafton Street just erupting in song. So I was like, come on, everybody, under my umbrella. And then I threw it to them. And not, there was, you could have heard a pin drop oh. in the <laughs> <laughs> and I had this vision of like everyone just erupting in song, like the whole, this magical moment. And people literally just turned the other way because they were like, we don't want to deal with this guy right now. <laughs> Dude, because that's a, and then, and then what did God do in your life? Like now you go up on a stage singing, you know, a hundred billion times or the title's always yeah. Say so will I 100 billion times, and then you're out there, like and everyone's echoing everything. I mean, what a dude! I love that you started in a manger. Yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. dude, I love that story. Holy cow! Wow, that's awesome. Well, are you guys? Uh, so, so you're going to be going on tour with uh, 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 Brandon Lake, yeah. Yeah, and Co- and Cody. So I do the Cody and Cody Karn. So I do. I'm up with Cody in February, I think, and a little bit of March, and then I'm up with Brandon in April. So it's yeah. gonna be super fun. You wrote, you co-wrote uh, Gratitude with him. I don't think a lot Gratitude, of people yeah. that because I saw that yeah, in that the show. Did that. I knew that song before he, it was in the shows, and I'm like, I think that's Benj- one of Benjamin's. T- <laughs> oh man that's the, you guys both have the same hair flow so that's going to be uh, uh pretty cool you know get a sh- really awesome. he's All one right, of my a really good band and we we write a we write a lot together actually we have a really good um sort of we have a really good fun writing partnership um and he's becoming a really good friend so i'm really excited about i'm really excited about that and um and the nights, I think they're going to be really cool. And same with Cody, we've like, we've already been talking um, about like the set list and the plan for the night, and it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. So I'm, I'm really stoked about the start of next year, and I'm also really excited to get a bit of a rest. I have yeah. more. Yeah, I've got the end of this week, a bit of travel, and I'm back on Saturday, and then I'm going to try and properly just check out for a little bit and try and recover, recoup. We snagged our tickets for the Ryman show, uh, but but yeah, there's nothing like being home, and then yeah. you need to leave because you're with the kids. Completely. You know, how how just you know before we end, yeah. How has that changed the dynamics? Because you used to have all that flexibility and liberty. Yeah. Now you have their hearts. Yeah. It's, it's man. It's really hard. I mean, there's that song on the record while I'm in the wind which really sort of um, unpacks that. Cause that to me, that's always been, that's from the line. And so will I, um, if the wind goes where you send it, so will I. And that's always been the hardest line to sing because if I'm off, like wherever the wind has taken me, so to speak, it means that the kids and my wife are at home and their wind is kind of, at least at that time stationary. And, um, 
And it's, yeah, it's definitely been the hardest, the hardest part. And it's gotten, there's, you know, certain seasons that are, e- where it's easier, certain seasons where it's harder. When I wrote that song, it was one of the harder ones where, especially my daughter was really not coping very well with me leaving. And she was, um, I think because I hadn't, like during COVID, I'd been home for like a year and a half and she kind of got used to that. Well, and then all of a sudden, yeah, leaving and it was it was hard for her and unfortunately now they're like both my daughter and my son are like kind of they're kind of there's the other side of it where it's like they're so okay with it that i'm like this probably isn't healthy either (laughs) it's like you can't really have it both ways i'm like um but it's easier at the minute like they've got used to the rhythm um of our life and i i'm i hope that it's not this year's been especially crazy between touring everything with United and I've done multiple of my own runs with different people and also a lot of like one-offs and album promotion and like it's just been, I've barely been home. So I'm really hoping in the next few years we can find like a bit of a more sustainable, healthy rhythm. Um, but yeah, just it kind of just is what it is at the minute, unfortunately. And yeah, it's, it's probably the hardest, it's the hardest part of it is that i think it, that is the, the yeah that's the hard part um you're just gonna have to move your family to nashville yeah I know. <laughs> <For real. laughs> it's definitely been a thought i know listeners are are just grateful for the time you've been able to spend with us to talk about music and the even flow of this wrestle with god and um so thank you so much no thank you man thank you so much for having me it's been a great chat and yeah catch you around all right that's gonna wrap it up thank you for listening please subscribe to the podcast i would much appreciate that subscribe wherever you listen please share it with whoever you feel will be inspired you guys are all heart we'll see you next time because you took one billboard pianist paul cardall do you believe in miracles and second chances over a decade ago i was raised from the dead read paul's story the broken miracle by jd netto visit thebrokenmiracle.com